Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are covering the Rod of Seven Punks. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm I'm a little sad. Uh, why? What happened? My rod only has one part. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not the first line. <laughs> it's it's still the Orcus episode, Wand of Orcus episode. I'm not over it. <laughs> um. Well, uh, I I guess I should have expected it. I no, don't I'm know. just kidding. I'm I'm neutral <laughs> about it. It's fine. I enjoyed the, the Orcus episode, the Wand of Orcus episode, but let us leave that rod behind. Yeah. Move on to so, these. Let's talk about a new one. This seven parted rod. A new interesting seven parted rod. What makes this rod so special, Will? <laughs> well, we are getting close to the ha- to halfway through this year already, and we have only covered three artifacts up to this point. This is discounting the Legendary Swords episode, which technically had no official artifacts mentioned, though it was on brand for this year's theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's time to start catching up on our artifact quota for the year, and I chose a great artifact for doing so. Artists. Yes, please. Yeah. For today's artifact is, in some ways, seven artifacts in one. Yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> considering that it's called that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we are going to be talking about D&D's possibly most notable and famous artifact, which I guess leads me into the question, have you heard of this artifact before? Yes, I've heard of the Rod of Seven Parts, although I'm not mm-hmm. as familiar with what it does these days as I was, because I've listen to the acquisitions inc stuff and mm-hmm. they deal with the rod of seven parts i'm pretty sure at that least must be point. kind of in their later stuff that i never really listened to yeah so it came up a couple times there yeah it, it is a very it's a very famous artifact as a matter of fact i believe it's the only artifact that has a literal novel written called oh uh, after itself like a forgotten realms novel no this is actually a greyhawk thing Ooh, okay which you know as forgotten Real- forgotten realms is your kitchen sink campaign setting so uh it, it's got it too yeah greyhawk has all your dark dirty stuff definitely yeah i mean you're not wrong there so the rod of seven parts is also known as the rod of law um law and chaos is like the major theme of this uh artifact with an immense amount of history and power this artifact is more than a mere treasure it is a promise for an entire campaign of adventure in and of itself um which is true if you introduce the this artifact in its uh canonical 
context, like, yeah, this is your whole adventure. Like, this is going to be your level one to level 15 or whatever. Yes, all very findable stuff. Mm -hmm. I always like adventures like that where it's like, oh, at level five, I found the first piece of the rod of seven parts. Mm -hmm. And then it was so fucking hard, I had to be level 15 to get the last piece of it. It was like, doesn't make sense in in some ways. but. We'll see if you feel that way after the after okay. we talk about it. So the Rod of Law is a powerful artifact filled with concentrated essence of law itself. It was created by the Vati during the Dawn War. We'll get more into this in a bit. Uh, it was during this cosmological war that it became split into seven separate parts, giving it the nickname of the Rod of Seven Parts. Okay. The Rod is one of the very first artifacts detailed for uh, the Dungeons & Dragons game, first appearing in the 1976 TSR publication Eldritch Wizardry. The artifact has been updated for Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition, 3rd Edition, and 4th Edition. Sadly and strangely, it has not yet been detailed as of the recording of this episode for 5th Edition. Yeah, um, I, I feel like they have a big board of stuff with all the notable shit they want to cover, mm-hmm. and they just, like, cross everything off one at a time. I'm like, okay, well, how many major books do we have left? And, like, if we have one that's sort of a sleeper, do we just shove the rod of seven parts into it? I mean, I think that they have the same problem that we have on this show. It was like, there's just so much to cover. Even when you're doing an episode week after week, you just can't get to it. I mean, dude, we're seven years in, and we're doing the rod of seven parts now. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> so, know. But I do I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, they, they might very well do that. I mean, you can put as much shit as you want in, in a the book. book yeah. yeah. I mean, the Rod of Seven Parts, very easily, and should have probably been in the DMG, in the in the treasure uh, um, chapter. Yeah, no, I, don't, I think in order to maximize profit, you save the Rod of Seven Parts for, like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, know. that might have been their, their point of view. Um, I mean, you could do a whole adventure module off of the rod it you could. sounds like definitely definitely okay. maybe that's what they'll do all I right we'll find out so the rod when whole is uh five feet oh shit i scrolled ahead sorry uh, <laughs> oh, 1.5 meters in length with a tapered width that decreases from two inches that's 5.1 centimeters folks across at the bottom to a half inch or well, one centimeter at the top uh, due to their lawful, so specific. <laughs> due to their lawful nature, the fragments do not appear damaged or haphazardly shattered, but instead display intricate patterns of crystalline facets on each breaking point. The length of the fragments are four inches. That's ten centimeters. Five inches. Thirteen centimeters. Six inches. Fifteen centimeters. Eight. Twenty inches, centimeters. Ten inches. Twenty-five centimeters. Twelve inches. Thirty centimeters. And fifteen inches. That's thirty-eight centimeters, folks. That's a lot of measurements all back. Yeah, back I mean, there's back. a lot of parts. There's a lot, a lot of schematics. <laughs> it's a rod of law. Like, you have to have this all solidified. Is it like uh, how they have that section, how to destroy this magic item at the bottom of magic item stat pages? And they couldn't, so they broke it in seven parts like Voldemort's soul? No, we're going to get into why it's in seven parts. It's a pretty cool story. Okay. Um, but we're not there yet. So not each yet. of the seven fragments have a command word or name which can be invoked to use its particular power. The seven command words are as follows. Ruat. Ruat. Calum. Ka- uh, Calum. Fiat. Fiat. Justitia. Justitia. I want to say that's... Ichi. Ichi? Yeah, we'll go with Ichi. Ichi. Lex. Lex. And Rex. Rex. <laughs> Lex and Rex. Nice. Uh, which collectively make up a Latin phrase that translates into... You want to read this? Uh, Though chaos reigns, let justice be done. Behold, law is king. Yeah, there. Good job. Oh, nice. Yeah. As most most artifacts are, this artifact is described as singular. Gary Gygax himself emphasized that only one exists. 
Uh, each piece not only has its own unique powers, but the more parts of the rod a user possesses, the more powerful each one of the seven parts becomes. Okay. But due to the instability of the rod, uh, once it serves its purpose while in whole form, it inevitably splits into seven parts and scatters across the cosmos again. Ooh, neat. It like can only be held balls. together for... Yeah, like the Dragon Ball. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Your wish has been granted. Okay, moving on. Um, so let's... <laughs> exactly. Fuck. So let's talk about the origins of the Rod of Law. So at the dawn of time, before the material plane as we are familiar with was fully formed, the forces of law warred with the forces of chaos for control over the cosmos. In this time, the Abyss was not ruled by the Tanari demons that we're most familiar with, you know, like, I don't know, your Meriliths and your um, Goristros and all that other mm -hmm. stuff, uh, but instead by the ancient and eldritch Oberinths. Right. Uh, I remember them. Yeah, we talked about that was a long time ago, but we, we had a whole episode kind of about them. Year of the Fiend. Mm, no, before that even. Oh, yeah. yeah it's way back. We talked about Oberinths a lot in the Year of the Fiend, but we, we only did, have one yeah. Oberinths episode. Mm hmm and the ruler of the Oberinths was an entity known simply as the Queen of Chaos. Mm. It is said that it was the Queen of Chaos herself who launched the first assault against the forces of law, which started this war to decide the fate of the still-forming multiverse. Okay, neat. So the Queen of Chaos, uh, though, was not alone, for though she was a being with the power and force of will to bring her fellow Oberinth demons to heal as allies, what she needed was an army. In order to secure the loyalty of the near unending masses of the lesser Tanari demons, the queen raised one of them to the rank of Prince of Demons and took him as her consort. Miska the Wolf Spider, an exceptionally powerful demon who took the form of a large armored spider with a four-armed humanoid male torso. Uh, this humanoid head, his humanoid head flanked on either side with the head of a snarling wolf. Oh. So this is the OG Prince of Demons. It is from Miska that I think Demogorgon gets his title. Shout out to Demogorgon. Shout out to Demogorgon. Uh, with this new power couple as leaders, the Oberyns and Tonari forces quickly won successive battles and gained the upper hand in the cosmic balance. Uh, in response to the multiverse's eminent destruction, one of the most ancient of its races, the Vati, also known as the Wind Dukes of Akka, created the Rod of Law as a weapon that could destroy the Prince of Demons. It just like feels like you're recapping soap operas to me whenever we do Demons and Devils episodes. It's great. It's so fucking it's awesome. Fucking, yeah, I love it. I don't like soap operas live. I, yeah. I like them recapped. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, much more interesting like this. They really are. Now, who the Vati or Windukes were is a bit unclear. Uh, some sages believe them to be powerful denizens of the elemental plane of air, closely related to or even being jinn. Uh, while others believe them to be angels of Bahamut, who uh, is also known as Lord of the North Wind, it has ties to the elemental plane of air. Okay. Uh, his palace likes to go there a lot. It's true. Um, what is clear is the fact that they were dedicated both to law and good. Most lore says they were wiped out during the Dawn War, but the 5e DMG has this to say about Akka and its dukes. May I? You want to read the? Yeah, of course. In the fabled Akka, a shining domain of silver spires and verdant gardens atop a fertile earth moat. The wind dukes of Akka maintain a vigilant watch against the depredations of elemental evil and the encroachment of the elemental chaos. They are served by Arakokra and a little-known race called the Vati. <clears throat> so, a bit contradictory, as all other editions have said that the wind dukes of Akka are also the Vati. Oh. Uh, so, it, it, it's a little messy there, and I'm not sure how that got through because it, it kind of flies in the face of everything before it, but whatever. Oh, this is the we're talking about the latest stuff. Yeah, that's is, that's five e d. That's the five e d m g that you just read. Accidental so. retcon. 
I think it's an accidental retcon. Mm. I think it was some, maybe someone didn't understand the lore clearly, or maybe I'm misunderstanding something. Let oh. me know in the comments if I'm off base, but I feel like this is a misunderstanding that kind of somebody through. knows. Yeah, someone out there knows. You, someone out there has the very niche information, you're and they'll let us know all about this. it. <laughs> well, your not keyboard, as you're saying, your it. keyboard is melting with your rage. <laughs> the rage. I can just smell the plastic eagerness from here. Eagerness to inform us, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. So, what Will said. So regardless, as Miska's hordes continue to push back the forces of law, the Vati finally confronted him on the volcanic fields of Pesh. It was there that the greatest of the remaining wind dukes impaled Miska on with the rod of law. And as the absolute law of the rod mixed with the demon's chaotic blood, a massive planar rift opened, shattering the rod into seven pieces. The Vati's champion in Miska's body vanished into the rift while the seven parts of the rod were scattered across the multiverse. The Wind Dukes were decimated, and the demons, with their leaders slain, succumbed to their own chaotic natures and were routed back to the Abyss. Uh, Miska, the Wolf Spider's essence, ended up cocooned in a prison of pure law and trapped in the wind-swept depths of pandemonium. Oh, gosh. Which is a layer we've not talked about too much on this show. It'll get its epi- own episode at some point. Mm-hmm. The Queen of Chaos persisted. Uh, she, she continues to persist. She crawled back to the lair of the abyss known as the Steaming Fen. To this day, she continues seeking ways to free Miska and restart the war between law and chaos. Okay, so so this portal opened up and broke the rod because they were trying to suck demons back into the abyss? Is that what I got? Or they, they routed the demons after? They routed the demons after. Okay. So after this rift opens up, Swallow's... The leader of the Vati and Miska, the wolf spider, um, all hell breaks loose. And this is, if I'm, I'm drawing from memory now, but this is the catalyst for the Tonari taking over the Abyss as well. Okay. Uh, they go full rebellion. They fucking wipe out mo- almost all the Oberons. There's only a few major Oberons left. Uh, there's a, what's her name? Um, Pale, Pale Knight? The, I think that's one of the demon lords. Uh, Queen of Chaos, the homie Dagon. Dagon, homie Dagon, <laughs> love Dagon. Fist bump to Dagon. Uh, fist bump to Dagon. Um, and I'm sure there's others that I'm not. Um, you remember who Pale Knight is, right? It's the one that Baphomet allows to live on his plane of existence. Like yeah, she gives birth to monsters, and he's into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I do. Yeah, I was like playing so much Hollow Knight. I was like, why does this sound like a, a uh, Hollow Knight yeah, yeah. Like NPC? Yeah. So so uh, what I was saying, though, is like at this point, the Tanari take over. Demogorgon rises like to power, claims Shout the title. To Shout out to Demogorgon. And let's take a short rest. Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. And it was two parts of this podcast, plus... Okay, actually, there's like three other people now. The podcast of five parts. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, do we count your special guest, Jake? It's been a, it's been a while. It's since been a while, but he's still a part. He was technically on the Dagan episode. He's one of oh, our okay. voice. He's that's... one of our voice actors for oh, the skit. That's true. Also, yeah. didn't he fill in for me not too long ago when I was sick? Oh yeah, yeah. the video where yeah. the 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 windscreen is covering his face. That was yes. funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, so no, he's still a part. So yeah, yeah, parts. yeah. Okay. When we find a seventh. I mean, there's Freeland. It's always Freeland. Yeah. And now Steve. People know who Steve is That's now. That's true, Steve. So are we the podcast of eight parts? We're a podcast of eight parts. <laughs> We're the podcast of many parts. Yeah. I think there's seven rods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. Back to the rod of seven parts. Okay. The breaking of No, wait, go to patreon.com oh, yeah, slash the dungeon cast to check out uh more of what you just heard, you know? <laughs> To hear more about our rods. Yeah. Um, um, can, I hate this. You can get episodes early ad free. You can get actual play podcast stuff. Uh, please check out Super Quest Saga and F-Bats, uh, Flashbang and the Surgeon. It's currently airing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Mr. Freeze episode is about to drop. It's our best one. For sure. Like Definitely got to check prob- it out. In season one, for sure, it's our best episode. <laughs> I've heard you talk about it many times. Yeah. It's, so I'm it's looking great. forward to it. It's good stuff. <clears throat> okay. Now back to Now the, back to the rod. Now back parts. to the rod. All right. So. The the idea here of breaking the breaking of the rod uh, seems to have been a plan thing from the rod's creation. It is stated that due to the rod's potency, it cannot be conventionally protected. Therefore, to keep it safe, the Wind Dukes designed the separate sections of the rod to scatter around the globe whenever its full powers were employed by striking Miska. And this tracks because you know not only not only do do the Vati stab to kill Miska. And this rift opens, and then the rods scatter. But then we find out that in, on the other side of the rift, deep in pandemonium, uh, Miska was cocooned in a thing of law, so he's trapped forever. So it, the whole thing seems to have been planned, and not just a, a tragic, you know, shattering of a. Of yeah, a it did it on, They did that shit on yeah, purpose. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
So when found, it is said that each piece of the rod both leads and urges its bearer in the direction of the next session section of the rod in sequence. Okay. So once the first section of the rod has fallen into the hands of the player characters, they are committed to a quest that will take them the length and breadth of their homeworld and eventually into the heart of the abyss. So it's meant to scale. It is. Okay. Um, it is said that the fate of the multiverse is in the hands of the wielder of the rod of seven parts, for it can both... Uh, for it can still both slay Miska the Wolf Spider or set him free. Mm, okay. In, like, video game RPGs, when you have, like, four identical or, like, a m- multiple identical units to recover, like, mm-hmm. MacGuff- different MacGuffins. Yeah. And, like, they're in sort of, like, identical places, but, like, the first one you went into, you're, like, level three. Like, what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like, you, I was so weak earlier, but I was just as difficult to obtain this piece as it is this later piece. Right. I'm so much stronger down the road. Like, mm-hmm. I know we got to make it interesting because it's a video game and, like, power creep and stuff. But, like, story-wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think in this, it's supposed, it's kind of built into the story part of it of, like, it's designed this way. The rod does it this way on purpose. Yeah, with a, a D&D adventure in mind. Yeah, with a D&D adventure. And that scaling issue has been taken care of exactly first piece is going to be easier to get exactly that's exactly right um each fragment of the rod shares a common set of powers in addition to having individual powers Mm. uh its shared powers are any non-lawful creature in possession of a fragment of the rod will begin to see its worldview shifting towards a lawful disposition okay uh any lawful creature holding a fragment of the rod can use it to locate the next larger segment uh Restored to its complete form, the rod holds the power to kill Miska the Wolf Spider or release him from his prison. Oh. Um, and though that's like all all fragments have this power. Um, the individual fragment powers are as follows. Uh, the four-inch tip can cure light wounds five times a day. Again, this is, by, by the way, this, we talked about it. It's not stat out in 5e, so I'm pulling this. This is specifically from second edition. Okay. Um, the five-inch segment can create a the slow effect for 23 rounds. Oh, wow. Um, the six-inch segment can produce the haste spell once a day. The eight-inch segment can create gust of wind five times a day. The ten-inch segment can cast the spell true seeing once a day. The 12-inch segment can cast hold monster once a day. And the 15-inch segment can cast heal once a day. Okay. Um, when joined together, the rod gains more powers. Uh, a new major power is gained for every segment that is joined. So two segments joined bestows flight as a spell that can be cast at will. Okay. So you can just fly once you got two pieces. Pretty sick. Three segments gives the wielder resistance to magical damage. Uh, the rod can also be wielded as a plus one mace at this point. Okay. Four segments uh, uh, act... Uh, why did... <laughs> it wouldn't be a good rod if you couldn't beat achieve, the shit out of somebody achieve. with it, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course not. Sorry. Four four segments uh, achieve uh, the wield... Oh, give the wielder control of the wind. Dang typo. Uh, can cast control wins two times a day, and now the rod can be wielded as a plus two quarter staff. Nice. Five segments grant the spell shape change once a day, and the rod is now a plus three quarter staff. Six segments allow the wielder to cast walk wind once a day. The rod is now a plus four quarter staff. And seven segments gives the wielder's power to cast restoration once a day. The rod is a plus five quarter staff and can now kill Miska the Wolf Spider. <laughs> uh, so, um,. Cool. I love the idea of giving this rod to like the fighter because now they're literally a fighter wizard. Like the amount of spells you get from this one thing, like each segment gives you a spell. That's seven spells. Every time you join a segment gives you a spell. That's seven more spells. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, 14 spells plus you're a fighter and you can fly. That's great. That's pretty cool. 
Okay. Well, there's a little man in my in my brain, mm-hmm. and he's like holding back like the neurons, like as tight <laughs> as he can from firing at like every single bullet point you had on here that oh, was yeah? like its own dick joke. <laughs> and the guy's like getting electrocuted trying to hold on. And he's like, ah, like Spider Man holding the train back with well, all the buildings. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let let that little man's uh, death not be in vain. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is said that fragments of the rod. Surface only in times of great need. Uh, among the Arakokra, questing for these fragments is commonly seen as an honorable calling worth worthy of esteem. It's not a migration. It's just looking for the, the yeah, rod of seven parts. Yeah, the rod of seven parts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's basically it. You got any questions about the rod of seven parts? I and... like that there are details for what each one does. I think that's super important yeah. for, for this. Yeah. Um, really cool how versatile it seems to be. Yeah. Uh, throughout like like gathering it is meaningful kind of like oh th- by the third uh the end so if you find like this this third piece like four five and six inch pieces mm-hmm. like you have haste it's like a third level spell mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. right it's the third piece i would assume mm-hmm. and then three seconds gives a will of resistance to magical damage i mean that you're 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 right in the right parts right you're you're right around level five and you should be doing this type of stuff so it seems designed well yeah, I think so. Definitely so. Um, maybe Wizards is like, uh, or I guess we say Watsy now. Maybe Watsy's like, hey, uh, if it ain't broke, like, don't fix it. I don't think so. Yeah, because I think like leaving they, money on the table. they're leaving money on the table. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want this, and so like when it, when it comes out, it, it'll probably sell. That would be cool uh, for the move, the D and D movie. Um, I did, I didn't see the regular D and D movie that came out yet. Uh, I plan to watch it eventually. Mm-hmm. But um, the, I had to see the Mario movie. It's like more <laughs> yeah, important yeah, to me somehow. For sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but fucking, uh, what was I going to say? We talking about the Rod oh, of Seven like parts. maybe the next movie can be the ro- like a Rod of Seven Parts. Like it that's a be. good way to string along <laughs> some movies. You know. I will say, uh, I think based off the movie, I'll try and do this without any spoilers. It seems like they are leaning into the villain of Zastam. Okay. And and uh, Thay, the Red Wizards of Thay, because there's there's enough there for sure to set up a, a sequel that still has that going on as a villainy. Yeah, maybe it's more of an Easter egg moment when somebody yeah. gets their fucking shit kicked in by the Rod of Seven Parts. Yeah, maybe maybe we uh, we get a, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, MCU style where. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of individual movies, but they're slowly gathering the Infinity Stones that are yeah. the seven the seven pieces of the rod. How, how long did it take Thanos to get Infinity Stones? It took him like a lot of movies, right? Um, Iron Man one came out in 2008. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I think, was 2018. And in the first Iron Man, that's where Thanos gets a stone. Did no it have, like, an credit scene or something. No, it was Avengers. That would have been 2010. Okay, so fucking like ten years for the dude to get yeah ten years ten years to get yeah. the stones yeah I mean if Marvel can do it maybe someone else can I'm not sure like <laughs> the the mouse has the money to take L's on Avengers yeah movies. they do I don't know if um, I'm not sure what studio did the um, Dungeons Dragons movie now I think about it. certainly not the mouse is it DreamWorks no 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 no. Um, it was Paramount. Well. I think it was Paramount. Paramount? Yeah. I don't know. I have, like I said, I haven't gone to see it yet. Anyways, uh, one of the things that I like about The Rod is this constant uh, marriage between this idea of law and the wind. Yeah, and okay. It's not something I see a lot. It, you know, it, it does remind me very much of like a Zelda type thing. 
because I think Link is associated with the wind a lot throughout a lot of his different games, right? Yeah. And he always comes across as kind of a lawful avatar, you know, I a suppose. lawful courage, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah, he seems, in my experience playing Zelda games, I'm very chaotic. Oh, okay, uh, well, chaotic yeah. Good. Yeah. But that's as a, like, you know, I have the joystick, motherfucker. Right, I, I'm talking from, like, a canonical standpoint. Let me kill these bats from midair. Fap, fap, fap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang glider. Yeah, well, okay, that's one specific Zelda. There's all the Zeldas before, too, though. Yeah, you, but I couldn't fire arrows out of the air in the other Zelda games. Oh, uh, no, you really couldn't. You really couldn't. Although I was, I, I did like being super proficient with the bows in all Zelda games. It's a lot of fun to just, yes. like, be a master it's of that shit. usually very rewarding. Okay, is there a rod of seven parts in outside of Dungeons & Dragons? Does Pathfinder have a rod no. of seven parts equivalent? No, they, and they they wouldn't be able to unless they completely renamed it's it. It's like a copyright thing? Yeah, it's a total copyright thing for this. This okay. is a unique Wizards, or at the time TSR, created thing. Okay, cool. Um, so it's unique to Dungeons & Dragons. It's only in Dungeons & Dragons, which isn't to say you can't use it in Pathfinder. Go right ahead. Yeah, ain't, I mean, ain't no one like, going to come to just, your table and arrest you. Just don't, like, tell wizards. Just don't, don't email them, yeah. They're don't, don't sick tweet their Hasbro dogs on you. <laughs> uh, so uh, I have a question here at the end, and if you were to use the Rite of Seven Parts in a campaign, how would you go about? Like, what would be your concept there? I'm glad I scrolled down so I could think about it while we were bullshitting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the first piece is important. Yeah. I would put it in plain sight. I would have it, like, being held by, like, a statue in town. You know, mm -hmm. just right out in the open. Okay, okay. Are there rules aside from like where the last one has to be in the abyss or whatever? Um, no, not really. Not from what I read. I mean, there's there's the adventure module if you wanted to follow that. In which case, they are in particular places canonically. Who gives a fuck about that? Like, this is your campaign. You put them where you want. For yeah, reasons I you mean, want. we're definitely going to the elemental plane of air before the abyss mm -hmm. and uh, i'm gonna have like some kind of sick ass cool sky cage with one of the pieces in it that you have yeah. to like you know, convince that, a dragon that to help be you cool. fly up to like okay so let's think about this there's four elemental planes right then yes. there's the material plane that's five and then feywild and shadowfell there seven maybe there's one piece of the rod in every single one of the main inner planes nice so okay you, that's so, actually not bad yeah, you have a planar campaign yeah a planar campaign. and you learn plane shift and it's like yeah, yeah. very cool time yeah. to time to abuse this shit oh yeah definitely <laughs> and then by then by the time you get them all you visited every inner plane and now it's time to go to the abyss yeah that uh transitionally that's hard uh how long are your um like story arcs per piece i don't know i mean I'm going to skip the first one. I'm going to give my players the first one, and then we're basically yeah. going to have six adventures. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and I think that's fair because the first one would be found in the material plane, right? Yeah, just like drugs. First one's just free. <laughs> this is this rod of seven parts is fucking crack. Uh -huh. like, here's one. It's cracked, and it's like crack. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Is it long rest time? <laughs> no. Okay. Wait, uh, is that it? Like, uh, I like that's your, all I got. I like the planar ideas. I think, mm -hmm. I, I think um, a material plane campaign is cool and then you have to go get the last one like okay one could be you know coveted by a dragon right or in a beholder layer you could do it like that you could set it up like monsters mm -hmm. basically you go into do a dungeon crawl like going in, if i were to take the planar approach it would be more of like a dungeon crawl feel i think mm -hmm. still maybe mm -hmm. more a little bigger i guess i don't know like okay like imagining what the elemental plane of air will look like when you get there you know, it's up to you. Right. Um, I like the idea of putting them in major boss dungeons, like, uh, you know, Beholder, Dragon, Giant. Um, yeah, your classic D&D &D kind of uh, rogues gallery. 
Yeah, like maybe. Yeah, pretty much. That's mm-hmm. that's gonna be it. And then I think you could do like a cloud giant in the plane of air. That and, sounds good. Yeah, maybe the Ifrit in the plane of fire. Oh, it'd be cool to use one of the neutral like gem dragons for one. They're yeah. like, yeah, I have this. This is like a maybe, prize trophy. Maybe in the plane like, of earth. I'm not gonna kill earth. you, but why? I'm not gonna give this to you. Yeah. And like you have to entice them somehow and yeah. go do something. Like you find this piece right up front, but you can't get it unless you appease this dragon somehow. Right. Right. Well, I've like always that. wanted to go here, but it's too dangerous. Oh, we'll go. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think, uh, and then move my way into demons. Right, right, right. Yeah, As I all think all campaigns should. Yeah, <laughs> all campaigns should. I think, uh, yeah, if you do this, kind of having that that surface just high fantasy adventure going on, but then maybe tie in like an underpinning story of like your characters are beginning to see that there's actually a lot of abyssal like. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Incursions. Um, incursion mm-hmm. stuff going on. And like the reason the rod is activating is because right now this is a vulnerable time that the rod needs to be put together for. Yeah, there's a rod so. there's a rod in the center of your Jumanji board. And like won't get shit out until you beat Jumanji. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old joke of the Jumanji incursion, Will. Yeah, no, I, I, I got that, but I was like, why is the rod in the center of the Jumanji? And then Okay, it's in the green it's in the green little smoky orb. And it's like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. if you beat, oh, that's the last piece. Beat, yeah, if you beat Jumanji, oh, you get the okay. thing. Got you. I like shit that. out. Yeah, we could definitely a, a rod. We can definitely convert what would have been an abyssal uh, exploration for the final piece into the Jumanji board game for sure. I, I think Jumanji would be like, okay, if four of your pieces are in the material world and three of them are like demon adjacent or in the abyss, mm-hmm. then that first one of those would be the first one in of the, the Jumanji ladder board. Would be the Jumanji board. Yeah, I think that'd be you fun. Beat Jumanji and kill the lion yeah. or whatever. Yeah, except for you, you would demonize whatever it is. Like you would turn it into like a demon version of that. Yeah, I mean, like a demon, like a demon bred manticore instead of a lion. I guess I don't know. I always kind of pictured like okay, the the animals that come out of the Jumanji board don't look demonic, but they act demonic. Yeah, and they are also bigger and deadlier than like the versions in our world. Yeah, like so, those big I mean, old buggies. You that, could you could play it straight, those Jumanji, bugs are if you want to. Killing people. Oh yeah, in straight up, straight up. Yes. Yeah. The first movie is so good. Oh yeah. Uh, and the other two, they're good in their own way, but just they're so different. They might as well just be a completely different franchise. Did you ever watched Zathura? We've had this conversation. We have, and Fuck. I have, and I like it. Let's have a long rest. Let's do it. Hey, everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. Let's hope it's not as long as this rod of seven parts business. Five <laughs> meters? That's so many rod. 1.5 meters. 1.5 meters. Uh, I want to tell you guys about Diversity Saves. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization created by a collection of BIPOC and LGBTQ plus members of the TTRPG community who are committed to the promotion and uplifting of marginalized communities in the tabletop role-playing game industry through promotion, education, and distribution of grants to help fund new projects led by marginalized creators. Uh, I think it's a really awesome... Uh, organization led by a bunch of really great people that Will and I know personally. Uh, just go to diversitysaves.org and check out what they got. I recently donated to get uh, like a bunch of fucking games for like $5. I gave it more than $5, but um, it, it's a wonderful cause. And uh, like I said, it's it's led, it's led by some people that we care about a lot and trust. Indeed. So um, I want you guys to go check it out. Do and, it! And, and help them out. Help them out, baby. Uh, <laughs> all right, so... You can also go to patreon.com slash dungeoncast to support this show specifically, like I mentioned at the short rest. Uh, And please check out our other projects like um, 
Super Quest Saga and Flashbang and the Surgeon. I'm having a lot of fun talking to people about FBATS. It's uh, it's been it's been a long journey with that show, so it's nice to see people enjoying it. Um, it's a superhero campaign. Uh, it's a small three player, uh, three three player unit with um, well two player unit, and I'm the DM. Uh, it's based off of Batman the Animated Series episodes. It's a comedy game. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, go listen to it. It's on the Super Quest Saga feed. Uh, we are diligently working on Unhollowed. We hit a hiccup, and we're working through it. So Yes, but it's happening. It's happening. Um, did we sort out the shirts thing? Uh, we did sort out the shirts thing. Okay, cool. Shirt thing is sorted out. Sorry about the shirt thing that happened on Patreon. We have, like, merch that Patreon makes for us with art we provide them. They fucked up one of the shirts. Yeah, they sure. fucked up our item, so I made them fix it, and it's fixed, and now that should be being sent out to yeah, everybody. So, so. T- Cool. Two shirts. Two shirts. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, One is bad, but it's wearable. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is. It will cover your body if you sized it correctly, which I'm sure Patreon has an option for that. I don't it go does, through the Patreon processes because it's it's weird that they don't have that. Like they won't. They'll, they'll send me a shirt, but they won't like let me go through the Patreon process from the. Yeah, uh, exactly. And um, like that's weird to just like lose I, random money to Patreon by being a patron of myself, which is what would happen. That's yeah, that is what would happen. Um, by the way, as an aside, like I definitely want to kind of visit new options for our Patreon uh, annual item than going through the Patreon thing because I don't like the restrictions and I don't like that they messed up like they did. No, oh, okay, so. I got a guy. You got a guy, so I maybe we'll guy. talk to that guy. Yeah, we'll we would just out. have to pull all those addresses and and do it ourselves. Yeah, it would be more more tedious, but we might be able to pull off something better quality, which is kind of what I'm more interested in because I'm not happy with the quality either that they produce. Okay, but anyways, we'll we'll set up some sort of tra- if we go that route, we'll set up some sort of tracking. Yeah, sorry, you guys don't need to hear our business talk. Uh, <laughs> oh, my kimono. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay, so. Um, uh, do we have anything else? You can, you can check out our social media. Check out our Discord. Discord yeah, the is Discord's where we're... a big one. Go to Discord. That that place is awesome. The community's great. We're in there all the time. Yeah, um, that's where if, we're talking about FBATs and yeah, Super Quest Saga. If you like D&D and want any part of a D&D community, that's the place to go. The Discord is uh, in the description of every single episode that we make. Uh, highly recommend you guys check it out. Yeah. Oh, we also have a P.O. box. You can send shit there, and we'll, like, if it's a letter, I'll read it on the show. Um and then uh, check out next episode. We're going to be reading some um, some reviews. Actually, actually, let me pull let me pull it up now. Okay, let's do it now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually pull. no. Let's wait till next episode because it'd be cool to do it at the front of the long rest. I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, we're gonna call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.